Welcome, everybody, to the Minnesota Sports Collaboration Podcast Show, where we highlight all of our Minnesota content creators, shows, and friends here on the program. Poppy, how's it going? It's going great, man. I'm excited to come together with all of our friends. You've heard them on our show, or if you're listening on their show, maybe you've heard us jump in with them. But uh, every week, we're going to have little teasers and snippets from everybody's shows in one spot on all of our feeds so that you can get a little taste. And hey, if you haven't listened to one, go check them out. Throw everyone a quick little subscribe, and let's make everyone happy. Now, Isha, what's the first one we have here for this week? We're going to throw to Locked on Wild. Our boy Seth Topol drops daily Minnesota Wild content with a wide range of guests. Here's a quick clip of some of his recent content. We talked about Matt Boldy. We've talked about him quite a bit over the course of the week so far. And uh, Boldy cementing himself into the Calder Trophy discussion. But after this year, the Wild may not be done in terms of uh, Calder Trophy finalists and potential winners. Uh, This dynasty is just getting started. We will look at some of the other names that could give a run for the Calder Trophy once they make the Wild roster. More to come on today's episode of Lockdown Wild after this. The month of February is here, and so New Year's resolutions have been thrown out the window. But if you're still hanging on to yours to try to eat better or look better, Built Bar is here to help. If you've tried Built Bars but are looking for a little bit of a different twist, may I recommend the Puffs. Puffs are the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. They're fluffy, they're marshmallowy. They're not just a protein bar, they are a treat. And they're covered in 100% real chocolate. Most Built Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. You can compare that to your standard candy bar with around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. You can get 15% off of your next order if you head to Built.com right now and use the promo code LOCKED15. So don't delay. Get a stack of Built Bars right to your door by using the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Continuing today's episode of Locked on Wild, and again, thank you for making Locked on Wild your first listen every day. Make sure you also check out Olympic Hockey Daily, presented by Locked on NHL, a bonus podcast covering all the action in Beijing. You can find it on the Locked on NHL podcast feed. Olympic Hockey Daily is free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Continuing today's episode of Locked on Wild, throwing out uh, a couple of other topics that we will dive into as the week progresses. And we saw Kirill Kaprizov win the Calder Trophy last year, celebrated it like crazy. We are seeing Matt Boldy kind of assert his claim into needing to be in the Calder Trophy discussion and to potentially be a finalist, depending on how his production um, continues to trend as the season goes on. That's just the tip of the iceberg for this uh, this wild team and the talent that they have on the roster that could uh, could lead to the uh, the wild becoming the preferred destination for Calder Trophy winners here in the uh, the twenty twenties. So. Kaprizov already won it. Matt Boldy should 
end up being a finalist for the Calder Trophy this year, if not the winner. Ladies and gentlemen, one Marco Rossi could very well contend for the Calder Trophy next season, 2022-2023. Because if you look at what he is doing with the Iowa Wild here this season, uh, Rossi currently sitting at over a point per game. He's got 38 points in 35 games, 14 goals, 24 assists. He got a little cup of tea with the Wild earlier this season, the Minnesota Wild, that is, and uh, his, was sent back down to Iowa to, uh, to finish kind of getting his, uh, his legs underneath him and get ready for a full workload of NHL games coming next season. If Rossi can keep that production going at the NHL level, He's going to be one of the favorites to win the Calder Trophy next season, and he very well could be the favorite as it is right now. The guy is uber-talented. He is gifted with the puck in his hands. He is a great passer. He is um, going to be just a force for the Minnesota Wild once he gets onto the NHL roster and gets his, uh, his confidence level up at the NHL level. And so you could go from Kaprizov to Boldy to Rossi. But that's not all. Another name that could potentially two years from now is uh, the goalie of the future for this Minnesota Wild team. I'm, of course, talking about Jesper Wallstead. Now, his timeline is not as concrete as, say, Marco Rossi because... It's pretty obvious at this point that uh, that Rossi will be making his way to the uh, the Minnesota Wild roster at the very least at the beginning of next season, if not uh, if not at the end of this one. And uh, so with Wallstead, I think the hope is that he is on the Iowa Wild roster next year. Again, if you like what you heard, you can follow all of Seth's great content by searching Locked On Wild wherever you get your podcasts or checking them out on social at Locked On Wild. Uh, next, we have <laughs> yours truly, the Soda Pod. Uh, we'll tease our other contributors later, but Hoppy and I talk everything Minnesota Wild beer and hockey. Here's a teaser from our most recent episode. Now, now, based on the list online, which I'm sure is somewhat ever-changing, I have to give a shout-out to the 14 breweries that have been on the Soda Pod that will be in attendance. Back Channel, Bad Weather, Beaver Island, Bent Paddle, Drecker, Invictus, Lift Bridge, Lupulin, Mankato, Modest, Revelation, Utapils, Wabasha, and Waconia. Man, we've talked to a lot of breweries here on this podcast. Yeah, we have a problem. That's excellent. Well, no, no, no. That's, that's not just, even all of them. That's not even all of them. That's that's just doing your uh, journalistic due diligence. Market research is what we refer to. Yeah, as. exactly. <laughs> Quality control, something like that. Yeah, uh, yeah those, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna be the person that goes around and is just networking the whole time. Like, hey, we haven't talked to you. <laughs> hey, I really like that last care package you gave me. That's <laughs> <laughs> not too. But yeah, there's there's a lot of uh, I think new kids on the block. I think there is a blog on uh, on beerdabbler.com slash blog. I think 
otherwise it's very easy to get there if you just go to beerdabbler.com um where we have featured the newcomers of the of the event i i think i might be i might be totally off base so we might just put a mark here and cut that out i i don't know i'm just i'm thinking like an editor now <laughs> Um, but yeah, a lot of, a lot of newcomers and obviously a lot of tried and true, uh, good old friends of ours. So, uh, that being said, there's also a lot of Boston beer brands being brought in. Wow. Say that, uh, Boston beer brands being brought in. Boston beer brands. <laughs> um, and so there will be, I think 20, uh, 20 various Boston beer, uh, distributed brands coming here. Um, but yeah, there's going to be a lot to do. It's not just the beer. It is not definitely not just the beer that's happening that day. There are going to be so many different things. We've got uh, not one, not two, not three, but we've got four different DJ stages playing to all different corners of the festival. That way, no matter where you go, even if you're, you know, in, in the Biffs or uh, walking into the event, standing outside the event, there's always going to be some music playing. We've got, uh, I think, most notably DJ Shannon Blowtorch. She's a she's kind of a local spinner around here who is very very recognized. She's going to be kind of on our our, our main stage area. Um, but yeah, a lot of music, a lot of good times. There's going to be a live wood carving. So I mentioned our liquor cool. store before. We are we've commissioned uh, an art piece to be in this liquor store, and it is a seven foot tall hams bear. Cool. That yes. will that will be getting live sawn at sawns sawed 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 soddened at the at the event. So you'll see the artist there doing the bear, and then uh, there's also going to be ice sculptors, snow sculptors, um, <clears throat> giant beer pong. You know, just big garbage cans, big yellow garbage cans, and then the you know the rubber balls. The rubber balls that if you got hit in gym class, it just stung for two and a half days. Yep. It's like big versions of those. So you can play big beer pong with your friends. But I think the most exciting thing that we have coming this year is brand new. And it's going to be the kind of creme de la creme of the event this year is our giant human bubble hockey. And so if you can picture, if you can picture one of those like athletic domes that colleges yep. or schools will have, it's like, a kind of a smaller version of that, but in clear. And then it's got beer dabbler labeling and branding all over it. And basically it's going to be four on four <laughs> hockey, like madness floor hockey in a bubble. And uh, it's just going to be a good time. I think it's 60 feet by 25 feet. Um, nice. So it's, it's big. And we just, uh, so much fun. Excited. We're just really excited to to get this thing out to the people and, and get it broken in because so far we are the only ones that have gotten to play on it. And uh, that was just a, a couple days ago last week that we got. Did to... you film any of it? Is there any content, any teaser content uh, coming up? There is content coming up. I uh, It's all just still in the hard drive right now. <laughs> okay, I, okay, I, fair I, enough. I've not brought it into post yet, but uh, in the next few days, I'm sure we will highlight it very very specifically right before the event so yeah that's going to be the the it's the we're calling it the wonder dome um kind of like nice. thunder dome no, but, uh, yeah i got you no, i like it i like it i like there, it. there are a few different names for it like dabbler dome was the first one oh. but also the most obvious and see that's like 
I don't know. It, like <laughs> the whole Wonder team, Dome's better. The whole team is like none of us like low hanging fruit, even if the low hanging fruit like makes sense. <laughs> We're all just like we can do better. We can do better. And so the thing is, is the connection with Wonder is that uh, if you're familiar with Can Can Wonderland, mm. it's a uh, putt putt. It's like an artistic putt putt, like mini golf uh, establishment here in St. Paul. And when the Wonder Dome is not being used for our events, it will live at Can Can Wonderland as okay. an activity. So it is kind of a, a partnership that we have with Can Can Wonderland. So that also plays into the Wonder Dome presented by beer dabbler type uh, type arrangement yeah so yeah when, you, when you guys really, eventually when you guys eventually own a you know a junior a hockey club and the rink then that will be the dabbler dome. Right. <laughs> exactly yeah i i cannot wait to coach it oh <laughs> again if you, need, if you need any uh scouting advice you know who to call yeah yeah <laughs> oh man well that sounds like it's going to be tremendous and again uh there's going to be a cap folks so please Go go check them out. Beer Dabbler was beerdabbler.com uh, to get your tickets today. Right on the, the main page as you get on, you can buy tickets right there. There's a, a little box stating the date and everything. And even, uh, I know I know you have a backup date. Knock on wood, you don't have to do that. Please, no. But uh, I will, and it will be there during the backup date, though. I'm just saying. So. <laughs> well, we'll find something win. else to do during the backup date. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, Jordan's too nice to say it, folks. Get your tickets fast before they sell out. Buy, buy, buy. Do it now. Buy a couple extra in case you had a friend that wants to go. Hurry, because it could be capped, and that would not be fun to be the one that's left out. If you didn't hate what you just listened to, you can find all of our content at The Soda Pod on social, that being Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube, or by searching The Soda Pod wherever you get your podcasts. Who's up next? Minnesota Sports Chat. Those new to Ross or Minnesota Sports Chat, you get anything from a unique spin on Minnesota sports to the wrecks of a frozen pizza connoisseur. What if the Vikings are in the Super Bowl next year? And if that's to happen, what if the Vikings are in the Super Bowl? What if the Vikings are the St. Louis, now LA Rams? of 2022 slash 2023 what if those vikings can do what the rams just did what is the scenario in which that could happen and the only scenario that i can buy daniel house for that to happen is almost similar to how the rams themselves just did it that would entail getting Another strong year out of Kirk Cousins. I don't know if it has to be his best year, but it's going to have to be a really good year. And I think that also entails, Daniel, bringing in more talent around him. So how does that scenario play out? Well, to me, that scenario plays out in the form. And again, I'm not saying if this is, if this is right or wrong. I am just trying to create the scenario in which the Vikings win the Super Bowl next year. For me, that scenario means you're then extending Kirk Cousins at least one year, maybe two, so that one-year contract currently ends up being two or three years. It lowers his cap hit, and it allows you to go out and spend some money on other areas of your football team 
that are deficient, including getting some help on the offensive line, perhaps even getting Kirk Cousins another option outside of Thielen and Jefferson, bolstering that defense. That is the scenario to me, Daniel House. It starts with Kirk Cousins. We knew it would, but it's going to start and end with him in the form of taking some sort of deal that would lower the immediate cap hit for the 2022-2023 season if you want to count the playoffs and Super Bowl run. That is my scenario for my what if the Minnesota Vikings are next season Super Bowl champions. That's my scenario, Daniel. What's yours? There's no other path that can be taken other than Kirk Cousins being able to restructure his deal to give them more cap space because they need resources on the defensive side of the ball, especially now switching possibly to a 3-4 defense under Ed Donatel. I've said it on a, a lot, a couple of different places that defensive back talent is going to be a real emphasis. Guys that are super versatile that you can rely on to, to cover in space and you know, last year on Vic Fangio's defense, Donatel was heavily involved in the, the secondary side of it. They were pretty aggressive at times with, with man coverage, but, you know, that's not the whole bread and butter of the scheme. They like to mix things up a lot. So the skill sets in the defensive back room will be critical. So the Vikings absolutely need cap space. And the biggest question is, will Kirk Cousins be willing to take a team-friendly deal to help them out? I don't know if that's the case or not. Uh, Every other contract that he's done has been fully guaranteed. It's definitely been something that has been beneficial for him. So it sets the tone if Kirk's willing to do that and take less money, then maybe you can put the pieces together and make a couple signings and nail the draft and fill a few spots. Especially, I think the main focus needs to be on on the defense What's the decision with Daniil Hunter? Do you bring him back if you're in a 3-4 defense? Uh, there, there are questions everywhere, but everything centers around Kirk Cousins. You can't have a quarterback with that large of a cap hit coming back. So Coasey uh, Adolfo Mensa has big decisions looming. Personally, if it were me, I would be, if he was unwilling to take a team-friendly deal, I don't see any other path but trading him because you absolutely need to get to the point where you can build this roster and and make it deeper. And then you're probably looking at the draft, look at uh, taking a quarterback. You can find this beauty on social at Brendel Ross. That's B R E N D E L Ross and his podcast by searching Minnesota sports chat on Apple podcasts and Spotify. Who's up? Judd's buds, mutant spitter, sicko z we don't care what you call him to us spokes z just means elite prospect coverage here's a preview of the brilliant ramblings you can hear on judd's buds so i actually went on a long thread in in response to someone i tweeted a video of pavel novak and i actually someone said hey why do you think at scott wheeler is so low on him because i think he hasn't been 16 uh and i didn't even look i just assumed he was talking about hunt i know he's he's not the biggest hunt fan in the world and i think it makes sense um so i went on a long thread bottom line with damon hunt relies on he's so much more athletic than everybody he's stronger um he's meaner uh and he gets away with all of that in junior hockey uh and on top of that he's got the offense he can skate my thing is i think he has the physical tools um and i think he's smart enough 
um, to make himself more of a pro, not complete running gun, psychotic, wild card player. Uh, I think I've been saying this for a couple of weeks now. Like I'm, I'm ready for him to be done in the WHL. I don't think it's doing anything for him. Um, you know, he played a couple of games in Iowa last season. Looks great. Uh, he's going to have to figure out a way to be tame. Um, but right now he doesn't really have to do that in WHL and it's incredibly effective. He's leading the WHL in defensive scoring. Um, uh, again, he just does whatever he wants and it works and him and Matej Chuck are incredible. So it's fine. But when he goes to play pro hockey, he's not going to be able to do any of that really. Um, but he has the physical tools and the ability to figure it out. And I think he will. So that's where I think him Wheeler and I really um, diverge on Damon Hunt. Um, but I do think that's a very, I think that's a good way of putting it. He's an excellent junior hockey defenseman. So maybe it's more of a question mark and he's doubting it a little bit more than I am. Um, but again, I think you look at a kid with that, the physical tool set, the ability, um, you know, and, and just his attitude and the way he approaches every game, I think he ends up making it. And I think he ends up being an effective player, but he also could like, if he's going to be on a third pair for his NHL career, is he able to figure it out? Who knows? Um, you know, if you're going to have to be like a Rhino work, he's going to, he's going to figure it out. Like he's going to, no matter where you put him in the lineup, um, you know, it's not like a boomer bust situation. Damon Hunt's going to have to figure out how to be, you know, there are going to be games where you're only playing defense, right? Can you be a reliable guy that only gets 12 minutes? We'll see. Um, but I mean, I do think Damon Hunt's right now, I have him as their second best closest to being, I don't count Addison as a prospect anymore. I really don't. Um, but I have Hunt and O'Rourke as the two guys that are closest to being NHL ready. Um, but there are question marks for Hunt. And it, it's a, it, if you're going to take the negative approach, it's that he's a boomer bust. Either he's going to be really good or he's not going to make it. So I think that's where his doubts come in on Hunt. i got to speed through this now because we're already at an hour. I'm, just, I'm a moron. Um, Dewar, I don't know why he's even considered a prospect. Okay, he has Hoban on 14. Um, I think that probably makes sense, uh, you know. We'll see if he ever figures it out. He's got Philip Johansson at 15, ahead of like Novak, Marshall Warren, first off, Nestoranko, and Bank here. Um, interesting. Uh, I don't think he's going to make it over here. I don't think he's coming over. I think let's take that second round pick and run with it. Um, but I said it last week. He's got all the tools. It's whether or not he can put it all together without losing the other one, right? I think I just said it. He's, uh, you know, he's got all the tools, but he doesn't have a toolbox to put him in. That's how I think of Philip Johansson. He's being really this is he's really good though this season, which is good to see. So who you never know. Um, but I, I think I would be shocked if he ended up actually coming over here and they didn't take that second round pick. Uh Novak is 16. I I'm a, I know that Wheeler really doesn't like the skating. Um and I've been tweeting that I think Novak does make it. Uh he's scoring in a lot of different ways. He's um you know, the skating thing, it's not necessarily as bad as – I don't think it's as bad as everyone says it is. I don't think it's something that's going to keep him out of the NHL. Like right now he's playing with, you know, Colton Dock, who went higher than he did in the draft, whatever, a year or two later. Um, but he's outproducing by like, what, like 20 points? Like He's just – he's outproducing a lot of people that went way higher than he did in the draft. Um, and he's doing it in different ways, scoring from net front. He's – He's got that bomb of power play. He can. He's got a couple shootout goals. He's got a couple uh, uh, penalty shot goals. Like he's just. He's dangerous. You can't. He's right now. He's a player you can't lose track of. Or he's going to make you pay. Um, he's really grown. 
Um, the defensive thing, it's bad. It's really bad. He refuses to move his feet. It's fascinating to watch. He loves just gliding around the defensive zone. Um, for me, I'd give him a couple more years. Someone, I think someone asked me if Pavel Novak ends up in the AHL next season. If he wants to play in junior hockey again, I'd let him play in junior hockey again. There's no really, there's no real need for him to be in Iowa. Um, you know, if you can give him an extra year of development in the CHL uh, and then bring him up again, I think that's totally fine. Um, you know, I think you can rush guys to the AHL, and I think it can hurt them. Uh, maybe that's the case for him. I would like to see him get a little bit better defensively because Tim Army is going to rip him to shreds if he goes to AHL and tries to defend like that the way he is. Because, um, again, he, I mean, it's fascinating. He just doesn't move his feet. Um but I think he moves right to left really well. I think the speed's fine. It's very weird. Again, it's like choppy. It's not fluid, but like, um, you know, he can get from point A to point B. You know, he's not like 10 yards behind you. Um, and he's been really good on the forecheck this season. So, you know, there's ability there to, to defend somehow. And he, he's actually really good with the stick. Um, but it just in the defensive zone, it goes away. I don't know if it's like it's just he's not interested in it um, or he just never has ever been challenged to play defense, but he has to if he's going to make it in the NHL um, because especially in this pool, like he's probably not going to end up in that top six. You know, you look at the guys that they have and the other prospects that they have, like it's going to be he's going to have to figure out a way to be a middle six guy. Um, so we'll see. But again, the other thing too that separates him is that the ability to win faceoffs. Uh, you know, he's playing center, he's playing wing whenever they really need him, and he's just producing the same clip. So there you go. Uh, Marshall Warren, 17, feels low for me. Uh, he's been incredible this season. Um, again, the only bright spot at this point for Boston College in this ridiculous losing streak and, or well, win the streak is him. And he's getting shots on net, like <laughs> from everybody. He's got like eight attempts a game at this point. Um, he's getting points now too. Uh, a lot of that's, you know, the guys are at the Olympics, guys are hurt, uh, but they're completely depleted. And he's been like the one good thing about that team. Uh, you want to talk about transition. He does it at a thousand miles an hour. Uh, just an incredible skater. Um, you know, he's like full speed ahead. He'll go right through you. He'll go around you. Uh, again, defensively, it keeps a really good gap. Defends well with the stick. Uh, plays hard. Um, I think he's got the attitude to make it too. I just think he's a player. Um, but 17 feels low. Uh, 18 for first off feels very low. Um, I get it because I think sometimes at his worst, he can be very one-dimensional and he can be a little bit selfish and he can take himself out of the play. Um, but he's on right now, this this past month, has been, he's been incredible. Uh, he's got nine points in seven games. He's on a four-game point streak. He's scoring. He's assisting. He's hitting. Uh, he's working defensively. Um, he's just been really good. I think 18 is too low. He's got Nestorenko at 19. Um, I get it mostly because Nesterango's in a rough patch right now. He had a really bad penalty in the game, the bean pot, uh, just a dumb, selfish one. He's done it a few times this season for BC. He's got a chip on his shoulder. He's, I mean, he's a Russian kid. He's not technically Russian, uh, but he's a kid from Brooklyn who's got a chip on his shoulder. He's uh, He doesn't lack confidence, that's for sure. That's what makes him so good, though. Um, 19 feels low, but at the same time, it's a super deep pool, so you have to put some someone somewhere. Uh, they got Bank here at 20. I think Bank here, same thing. I think that's low. Um, and you guys have heard me be a pretty strong critic of Bank here. Um, but, you know, again, I think my comparison to him was like an Alex Kalorn, you know? So I think he just kind of does what you need him to do. Again, every week now for the past like month and a half, two months, I've been saying it's totally making sense that one of the first things they, they said when they drafted him was coaches describe him as, as a low maintenance player. Um, 
and again, the ability to play with uh, really good players and fit in and do whatever the team needs you to do, uh, that to me translates. So, um, you know, this is a kid, I don't think he has a problem, you know, if he's not going to be in the top six, I don't think he has any problem being in like a middle six um, and being good in that role. Um, ultimately, again, I think he's a role guy. Um, he's never going to be the go-to guy. Um, but you need the job done. I think Caden Banker is going to do that, whether it's offensively, defensively. Uh, again, I've said it before, he's really good in tight spaces. He's got a really good shot in tight. He plays that bumper on their power play. Um, not the fastest kid in the world, but he's figuring out that skating. Again, that growth spurt. It's really hard for kids to figure out. Uh, but he's been playing really good hockey. Even when the points aren't there, uh, he works super hard. Uh, he defends well. Um, he's generally effective when he's on the ice. So I like him. Um, but I think 20 is probably low for me. Um, again, I, I mean, like, like I have him above Hentges, who he has at 11. So, um, you know, at this point, I think he makes it before Hovanov does. Just And I, you know me, I love Hovanov, and he's been playing. And he's been okay. Uh, he's, but he's getting that run of games I was hoping for. Um, but yeah, so those are the those are the rankings. Uh, he has Giroux, not even ranked. There's another one he doesn't have ranked. Uh, Pillar, interesting one. He hasn't been playing. He got hurt again, so that sucks. Uh, Pillar, not being ranked, feels low, but whatever. Don't care. Um, so that's that. And now we're at an hour. That's insane. So I think that's probably where I will um, just go right to the questions. Uh, but before we do that, I should probably pay the bills. So let's talk about DraftKings. Uh, Hoops fans, wow. Uh, The latest offer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, is too good to pass up. I'm talking between the legs, 360 windmill good. Yep. New customers can bet just $1 on any team and get $150 in free bets if they win. It's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still take your shot at a big payday. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Basketball Contest DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Do it right now. Use promo code THPN. Bet just $1 on any NBA team and get 150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. 21 plus. Minimum age and location requirements vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for a full list of requirements and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Void where prohibited. Minimum $5 deposit. Gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Tennessee, call or text the Tennessee Red Line. 1-800-889-9789. In Connecticut, call 888-797777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NEW-YORK or text HOPE-NEW-YORK 467369. Dudes fucking rock. If you want more, you can find him every Tuesday and sometimes uh, we, we don't really know with him. He's kind of a wild card, maybe even Thursdays on the soda pod feed. So same podcast feed as before, but if you want to follow him specifically, and for some reason you haven't already, you can check him out on Twitter at spoked Z. Who do we got? MNCAA hosted by Nick Maxson. You get your weekly dose of Minnesota college puck. Here's a look at what you can expect for all six division one programs. And to start things off a little bit differently this week, because we had a really random Tuesday afternoon game between the Huskies and the Bulldogs to NCHC foes 
teams in the top 10 in the country, uh, rescheduled game from January. And for the fun of it, we brought in both Noah Grant, again, from Warming House 10 and Max Feech again from 10,000 Takes to talk about last night's game. We'll eventually get to uh, just a very short preview for both teams on their upcoming weekend schedules as well. But Noah, I'm going to start with you. How you doing? How things been? Yeah, well, I my Tuesday night uh, was great. Um, I don't know about Max, but we had a good time. Um, yeah, kind of weird to just to <laughs> yeah right right away right. I uh, kind of like you said, kind of weird to have a, a Tuesday hockey game first time for the Huskies at home since two thousand three. So I mean, I uh, but can you really complain based on the fact that the Wild? I see Max got has his Kirill Kaprizov jersey in the background. Uh, Kirill Kaprizov and the rest of the Wild were unfortunately non-existent last night against Winnipeg. So uh, we'll take what we can get. And for you, Max, uh, not the uh, response you were hoping for. Um, definitely not the uh, the turnout you were hoping for for a Tuesday game, uh, especially being off last weekend, had a, a bye weekend. But uh, how are we feeling? Have we uh, licked the salt, uh, the salt off the wound or uh, how are we feeling this Wednesday? Yeah, cheeks were a little salty from the tears last night for sure. Uh, I was really hoping to have a, a different result. And, you know, you always kind of have that that lingering fear in the back of your mind as a Bulldogs fan during the regular season. When is the, the shoe going to drop? And it ultimately did last night. You know, you got a 50-50 shot usually going into a one-goal game with the last five minutes in the Bulldogs. And uh, unfortunately, it, it went the way of St. Cloud. So I'm, I'm looking to bounce back in another big series this weekend. Let's, let's take a part, first of all, besides the ref puck. I can't say ref ball because that doesn't make sense. But the ref puck, right? There was a, there's some interesting refereeing going on in this hockey game. Uh, some stuff that wasn't called, some stuff that was called that kind of caught the eyes of, of both fans on both sides, right? Uh, can we just say right off the bat, the officiating this year has been kind of bad? Is, is that okay to say? Yeah, I would say at the best, it's been inconsistent. I don't want to say it's bad across the board, but it certainly hasn't been good or bad for anybody in every game. Yeah, and I think that, you know, to Max's point, I think every team, for better or for worse, has had some share of that at some point. Go back to St. Cloud, uh, go for gate, if you will, and overtime Nick Perbix getting tugged into the next postal code. Um, You know, it happens. uh, He just fell. What are you talking about? Uh, Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Right. No kidding, right? Just like Judd's Buds, you can find all MNCAA episodes on the Soda Pod feed with episodes dropping every Friday. Go follow the dedicated college hockey feed on Twitter at MN underscore NCAA. MNCAA was taken by some douchebag with zero followers that won't reply to Isha with our very lucrative USD cash offer. Um, now, Isha, who's the last show that we want to promote here this week? Brave the Wild. Joey has been in the Minnesota Wild podcast game since 2008. Here's a clip from the chiseled veteran. But Hunter Jones, again, uh, only gave up one goal most recently to drop his goals against the average of 3.83. Wahoo. Uh, Derek Barabow has been uh, got, got crushed in the one game. He was uh, down there, and he's there right now, unfortunately for him. Is that where they have Zayn McIntyre up in the AHL? So Derek Barebo is kind of like sacrificial lamb down there in the ECHL. Hopefully Jones and Barebo can hold things up. And again, yeah, that, that's why I didn't talk about goalies. <laughs> the last, uh, when uh, Derek Felska, the, on the last show, when Derek Felska brought up about what position do we really need to focus on in the draft. Yeah, goalies, I think we're full. And that's again why, what's a, uh, that's why my, my favorite guy, <laughs> Lindbergh, took off. Last year, he's like, forget it. You, you just took uh, <laughs> Jesper. So, I mean, it, it, Jesper Wallstead. So it kind of is what it is. I, I give up. I'm going to go somewhere else. Let me go as a free agent. Thank you very much. 
blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and he's, he's been factoring okay in the Pittsburgh organization thus far. Him being Philip Lindbergh, of course. Um, yeah, I mean, because Hunter Jones was taken relatively high. I mean, we, we want to have, we want to believe there's something there. Kyle Kapokakinen looks like a starter. Jasper Walstead has star potential. Those are the two guys I think that'll be a net for Minnesota long-term, unless we trade Kakinen. I'm in no rush to do that. And of course, Cam Tobot is the here and now. Maybe he'll be the guy holding up the Stanley Cup in June. Uh, Derek says, with the Philadelphia Flyers in tire fire mode again, again, right? Yep. How much longer do you think GM Chuck Fletcher and head coach Mike Yo will still be employed with the club? Probably the way things are heading, <clears throat> months, months. Yeah, not years, months, unfortunately. Probably at the end of the year, I would not be surprised because this is Philadelphia. They made a mistake. They bleeped up by, and I didn't even click like on that. Sorry about that. Uh, they bleeped up. Ron Hextel had things going in the right direction. It just wasn't pretty today. But it was like pretty the next day. And, oh, look at Chuck Fletcher. No, don't look at Chuck Fletcher. It was it was Ron Hextall. <laughs> it was Ron Hextall, believe me. <laughs> um, oh, here we go. Yep, and I, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, it truly was. Ron Hextall did a good job. And it's just changed, it changed everything when Chuck Fletcher went there. Uh, Chuck Fletcher at Philadelphia just doesn't sound like a match, does it? Kind of like Jim Harbaugh in Minnesota, I guess. Because here we're just like too sensitive about every little thing. And Jim Harbaugh isn't. Let's move on. Hopefully Kevin O'Connell works out nicely. Purple Mafia, Minnesota Vikings podcast. See what I did there? Huh? huh? Okay. I'll shut up about that. Castlevania 2, Simon's Quest. Yes, you can just tell I'm smiling, can't you? 1988, baby. <laughs> my favorite year of my whole life. Uh, hopefully there's better years coming, but 19, I can't imagine. Yeah, 1988 was, it holds a special place in my heart forever. It was just a wonderful year uh, all around. Castlevania II Simon's Quest was an underappreciated NES game in its in its day for its music, yes, and open-world concept. Which current or past Minnesota Wild player do you think was also underappreciated and people learn just how special they are? Mm. Well, there are a few I could name, and I'm going way back to the beginning. And yes, Castlevania II, yeah, the music and the graphics were awesome. The gameplay was a little... Uh, the, yeah, like side-scrolling. Uh, obviously, it's pla there's Castlevania games were all platform. Well, the, the good Castlevania games, pardon me, were platform. Once it got to 3D, I think they ruined it. But that's just me. And then they got a little weird with the story, too. Just just a little. But uh, when they left things simple and to the point, it was better back in the day. And that's kind of how I feel about almost everything in this world. <laughs> Rather than overcomplicating everything. Um Somebody who I thought was simple and to the point, but just did a damn good job, and it's still with the Minnesota Wild organization, as they call it in Canada. Organization, or Canadian people would. Brad Bombardier, I thought, was underappreciated. Um, the only problem with him was he couldn't stay freaking healthy. But when he was healthy, his hockey IQ was so awesome. I absolutely loved Brad Bombardier. I wish I could have the whole uh, roster in front of me over the years. Otherwise, there's draft picks, but um, there have been players that have been signed. I mean, Jim Dowd, father of Nick Dowd. Obviously, Jim Dowd was so valuable at times. Wes Walls had his value, but people are probably... So there's a lot of people that are tired of him because they just don't like the whole Minnesota Wild broadcasting crew on TV. Um, trying to think of others that were actually underappreciated. Um, some people might say Koivu. Others would say he's much overappreciated. 
uh, yeah. <laughs> let's just say <laughs> me and Derek maybe think he's a tiny bit overappreciated, but yeah, sorry, I don't want to piss any, I mean, I don't want to start any type of argument here with anyone, um, but maybe I did. Certainly not Matt Foy. I mean, I, I mean, I'm strongly leaning towards Brad Bombardier. I mean, I really loved what he brought, and I wish he got to stay longer, this and that. I, when he was healthy, the Minnesota Wild played so much better. And hey, it's back in the day, just like Castlevania too. Brad Bombardier was in the first three years. Um, and when he was healthy during that great season of 2003, 2002, 2003, that is, when he was healthy, the Wild looked like they could win a Stanley Cup. And that might sound like, really, Joey, Brad Bombardier helping the Wild win a Cup. Well, every piece counts. And Brad Bombardier was a piece to that team. And he brought a lot of value to the Minnesota Wild when he was healthy. So that, that's the name I have always come up with of, of people that may have been a bit underappreciated. <clears throat> it's not just because I was this this fanboy, like, Minnesota Wild, oh, you know, they can do no wrong. And, oh, I just love this guy, and I love that guy. And, no, I mean, Brad Bromadier, I, I thought he was a, I thought he was a very valuable piece. And again, in that 03 season, hey, he had a career high in points that year. He had a career high in, <laughs> in the first season for Minnesota as well. Missed a ton of time in 01-02. I believe it was a significant knee injury that year. And then, gosh, dang it, the guy was hurt going into the playoffs in 03, which was just depressing because he, he was playing so well. And it's not just the points, obviously. It was a lot of the little things he would do that would that would really change things. Like he'd, he'd you know he'd he'd win battles, and you know po- the poke checks and such and the back checks. He was so good at all of that. Um, no, but yeah, he's still working with the wild player development at age forty nine years of age. Get your questions in every week by following at Brave the Wild, and listen by searching Brave the Wild Minnesota Wild Podcast. All right, thanks to everybody tuning in on Google, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. I mean, wherever you get your podcasts from, the best thing you can do for us or any of the content that you heard in this podcast episode, uh, you can go on iTunes and Apple Podcasts, give us and give them five stars and a kind review. It goes such a long way. You're already supporting us by listening to this episode, so you might as well go and review us as well. If you're Jones for more hockey content, go listen through our website, thehockeypodcastnetwork.com. And on your app, please download the episode before you listen, as it just helps all of our business. You can follow myself at VI Sports Talk. You can follow Hoppy at State of Hoppy. And of course, you can find the Soda Pod on all platforms at the Soda Pod. Signing off, I'm Isha Drill, me alongside the State of Hoppy. This has been the Soda Pod, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. We good, buddy? We good. Don't fear, just drink some beer and stay wild.